Welcome to Rope Access Tips, Tricks and Chats. I'm your host, Lee Greenwood, and I'd like to say welcome to this episode. This week, we're, uh, we're doing another interview. We've got a uh, good friend of mine from the UK, Mark Lee, is uh, in for this interview. Should be a really good chat. Give you a bit of background on Mark. He's uh, obviously a long-time rope access technician, but in recent times, he's been involved with IRATA on the uh, health and safety committee, been involved with some presentations. A lot of the safety bulletins that have come out from IRATA, Mark has had his hand in on those, making sure we're getting really good up-to-date information on that side of the IRATA business. I'm hoping that this is going to give you guys an insight into what it's been like working in various parts of the UK over the last sort of 25 years for um, for Mark and um, give you an idea of where rope access can take you if you're new to the industry. And Mark's got some really good tips for people getting into the industry. So uh, let's crack straight on into it. So here we have uh, Mark has joined us from the UK and uh, coming for a bit of a chat. How are you doing there, Mark? Hey, not too bad, buddy. We're, we're surviving lockdown, but it's only day one at the minute, which is, uh, yeah, it's going to be long, I think, especially in a house full of uh, full of women. So <laughs> and no, I mean, my wife and kids. <laughs> so nobody's killed anybody yet? No, no. But like I say, it's day one, so it's early. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> Interesting times ahead. Um, so, yeah, uh, I've got you in here, Mark. I just wanted to sort of ask you a few questions about you where you came from and uh, what you've done over the years and things like that. I'm going to crack yeah. straight on into the uh, into the question. So uh, tell us how you got into rope access. Um, it was, I, I started off uh, in training as a tree surgeon in my, my last, my last year at school, I went off and worked with a, with a company who was a sort of friend of the family and started clambering around on trees and then, and then I went off to Merriswood College and um, I was doing an ND course in, in ARB. So uh, I spent a year there learning about tree surgery. And then the, the second year of the course, you had to go off and actually work for a living. So I ended up with um, at Reading University. So at Reading, we had uh, a tree surgery team, but we also done bits of sort of work at high maintenance. So anything we could help with on the on the on the properties um, any of the buildings sort of anything of use it, it was back in that time in the sort of early 90s where if you could work in a harness then you were you know you weren't a rope access technician you were just a climber and they had a big uh, a big caving club as well which I was part of so that's sort of where I started and then that um going from Reading, I went off to a contracting company and we ended up doing painting bridges, um, doing sort of a lot of geo stuff. I used to specialize in uh, sort of structural failures of uh, cliff faces and how trees would disrupt uh, cliff structures. So I used to do a lot of work on the um, on the greenery, on the cliff faces to actually stop them from eroding the cliffs. So that was quite cool. And, uh, and eventually about 16, 17 years ago, I just went into... I suppose purely industrial and stop with the sort of vegetation and the and the tree surgery stuff. That was me going into the industrial side. Is that when you uh, when you sort of jumped onto the Arata bandwagon or? Yeah, very much so. Um, it was about I think it's probably 16, 16 odd years ago, and um, 
I think we were painting bridges and climbing around on bridges up north. And a friend of mine was working offshore. So he, he sold me the, the rope access dream of uh, getting off on the rigs and basically, you know, being paid in gold bullion. And uh, so I went off, spent a load of money on uh, Boziet and, uh, you know, offshore medical, getting a few skills under my belt. And uh, then not to put too fine a point on it, it's one of those stages where the arse seemed to drop out of the oil industry and uh, no one was hiring. And it's, well, you, you know yourself, mate, it's uh, one of those places where if you know a way in, you're laughing, but if you're just trying to get a foot in the door, it's a, it's a very difficult place to find work, especially as a fresh level one. Yep, definitely, definitely. It's a uh, very much who you know up there and uh, and getting you in the door. Um, third generation oh, and all that yeah. is pretty, uh, pretty common in the North. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah but it was... Um, that's pretty interesting. And uh, moving through that, so you left the North Sea. Where did you where did you head after that? I, d- I ended up. Uh, I, sh- I started. I started doing sort of subbing work for a couple of small rope access firms, and uh, literally, I was working for a contracting company. We were doing site clearances and bits of uh, deveg and cliff work, and then uh, I I was actually working at Allen's and Incinerator which uh, there's probably quite a few few techs out there know the job. And uh, I actually ended up doing four days a week on my full-time job and doing a day a week for free for a, uh, for a rope access firm, helping them with their uh, health and safety paperwork, helping them with, well, basically helping out with anything I could uh, to get a sort of foot in the door. And uh, I've probably done that for a good six months, maybe a little bit more and uh, then it got to the point where they offered me a full-time job and uh, I went on on the books with those guys nice nice um I know that you uh you recently spent some time uh in a bit of a different field um you got into the uh manufacturing side with uh, or selling of products and stuff like that tell us a little bit about yeah, that yeah I was working with their work with Marlow Roped, which was which was really cool. Actually, they sort of brought me in. Um, they needed someone that well. Let me let me give you an idea. The, the the advert for the job said that they were looking for someone that knew tree surgery, work at height, and uh, work at height safety. And I'd obviously, you know, I've done tree surgery for a long time. I've been a, a health and safety manager and project manager for about 11 or 12 years for rope access firms. And uh, and I'm, you know, still a level three now. So I was sort of the, the mixture of qualifications that they were looking for. And they wanted someone to help them with, I, I suppose, a bit of direction for their technical you know, which way to go with the products, what to develop and uh, how to sell it, how to use it. Not so much sales. I think anyone who knows me knows that uh, I wasn't really a salesman. I did give a lot of stuff away, though. I uh, I saw you at the uh, iTech last year standing on that stand. You were uh, you were definitely trying to sell me stuff, but giving me all the free stuff as well. So that was always nice. I appreciate that. I was, I was, I was doing a bit. I did think... There's some. I'm not going to. I'm not going to sort of plug any products, but some of the developments, um, not just Marlow, but quite a few of the companies have actually, you know, they're putting a lot of time and effort into developing new products for, um, you know, the heat resistant ropes and uh, things that um, 
show, you know, chemical indications, uh, stronger ropes, more abrasion resistant sort of sheaths and stuff for the rope. So, you know, it's quite cool. And I think they wanted me in as, you know, someone who was involved in the industry. Um, maybe they were just after my sort of contacts list. But, um, yeah, they were a really good bunch and uh, good, good product. Uh, they've got some really cool stuff coming out um, on the sort of environmental edge fairly soon with sort of uh, newly developed and recycled ropes. So that's quite cool. But I, I, I think I run my course there. I think my um, my abilities in uh, in a sales environment are probably pretty limited, mate. Yeah, taking a uh, taking a man who's used to hanging on the side of a cliff, uh, cursing and swearing, and then sticking yeah. him in a tie and a, and a shirt and telling him to go and talk to somebody who wants to spend lots of money. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a different uh, skill set required there. Yeah, it was it was an interesting it was an interesting interlude. Um, and made you know made some good mates and uh, actually learned a bit about rope, which was quite cool because you know I'd been sort of hanging around on them for for you know, well now well over two decades, but um, never really knew that much about the construction or the process. And I did make it a point of um, spending a bit of time in the factory. Probably not enough to be fair. I'm, I'm uh, you know I'm not knowledgeable by any means, but I spent some time in the factory and actually you know worked with the guys making the ropes from the sort of spider web of yarn that comes in right up to the finished product. And um, that, that was pretty interesting. I actually learned some stuff. Excellent, excellent. So pretty varied career, uh, swinging around on trees when you were supposed to be at school. Um, oh, yeah, and then, yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, heading off to, uh, to get a real job at a university. I'm sure that was highly dangerous for a young man uh, hanging around the <laughs> university. And then, uh, and then getting into sort of the... Um, geo side and using all of those skills so with all of this obviously yeah. you're you know i don't want to quite say 30 years but you uh, you're pushing towards that swinging around on ropes so what's the uh what's the best uh, job or jobs i won't make you restricted just to one that you've worked on and what made it the best job the best jobs are um, the generally the sort of stadium the stadium is i've worked out in qatar um, when they were putting together their bid for the World Cup. So I, I helped construct this sort of mini stadium, um, which they, you know, we, we, we were part of the team. Well, we were a very small team, but we were the team that made the um, the roof. We we sort of fitted the opening and closing roof on this this mini stadium. And um, that was cool. Any Anything that involves steel work and, and big cranes, uh, I was out in Ireland for what, what felt like years uh, working on the Aviva Stadium. Uh, same team, same bunch of guys. And uh, we, we any anything with steelwork, buddy. Steelwork and cranes. But honestly, the, the it was always the it was the teams because the the actual jobs themselves. It doesn't really matter what you're doing, does it? Some you know it's, it's really cool to be up high for a little while, but. If you're doing the same job for, and, and we were out in Ireland for, I think maybe four or five months on the last stint, and the job was quite physical and but quite tedious, but we had a laugh. The the teams, man, the camaraderie, the you know the banter and the just yeah, just acting acting like kids. 
grown men playing silly games just to get through the day. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's the camaraderie, mate. Not so, not so much the jobs. It's that's what I missed when I was working at um, at Marlow the most was actually working in those sorts of teams. You know, where you all depend on each other, you're living in each other's pockets. Some days you want to strangle each other, but most days you just, you know, you're working with your mates. Yeah, I um, obviously I've done a a few of these interviews, been chatting to a few other legends uh, in the rope access community. And they've all talked about different projects, different types, but it always comes down to the team that you're working with, the guys that you're doing it with. That seems to be, you know, the location's great. You know, you're talking about getting to travel the world. You know, you're uh, yeah, you're like me. You've uh, you're a guy who started swinging around on ropes at a real early age, and now all of a sudden you're being taken to places like Qatar. You're over to Ireland. You, you know, you're getting to yeah, see well, you're, different, different parts you're of the world. D- Disney and Dubai, and you know, I've worked on. A, a, a weird one was uh, we we worked on the, the ferry that runs between I think Sweden and Denmark, and it's like a trucker's ferry. And we we were doing sort of steel and fabric work on there, putting up this um, sort of big big canopy over where the truckers rest or whatever it was. So we we spent I don't know maybe a week on this ferry going to and from between the two points. And, uh, you know, you'd try and get the steel work up when it got into port and then you were trying to put the fabric up when it was out of the wind and then it pull in and you get the crane again. You never really knew where you were because you'd sort of go to sleep at some odd hour and then wake up and you'd be out in the middle of the sea and then you'd pull into port. Not entirely sure where it was because we never got off. But, we, you know, we had some fun on there. It was, it was, it was a good job. There was, there was a, lot of, a lot of silly pranks. But uh, yeah, good fun. Excellent, excellent. That's awesome. Yeah, sounds like you've uh, you've got to see a lot, which is uh, which is brilliant. And uh, and now I believe you uh, you're back on the ropes doing uh, doing some uh, proper rope access again. I am doing some proper rope access again. I'm I'm back on the ropes as a as a as a working level three. Um, yeah, again, great teams. You know, good teams of lads. We've been working around London a lot. I've been doing a fair bit of masticking, um, a little bit of painting, two things that I'm terrible at. You know, with decades of practice, I'm still, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not a painter. I'm not a painter, Lee. <laughs> there is no... A <laughs> little bit too messy for that, are you? Silicon everywhere oh. and paint down your pants, yeah? Yeah, my, my my trousers have got enough silicon on them that they could be waterproof or should be waterproof now. Painting, I just seem to wear it. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that has the paper suit on over the top of the harness with, you know, a couple of little holes so you can get your ropes out and your and your rig and your ASAP and whatever. just and even that gets plastered, mate. These these are not my jobs. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not bad with a big lumpy bit of steel, but. Yeah, give me a paintbrush, mate. I'm like a, I'm like a child. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So, uh, talking about the child, uh, this uh, last question I want to ask you: If I could arrange the uh, DeLorean for you, and you could head back in time, what uh, what advice would you give yourself as a brand new level one standing there, all young and spotty? Ooh, yeah, I'd I'd go the simple thing. The, sort of the, the, the first one 
would be don't spend money on 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 these courses and not just me spending money on my Bosnia and stuff like that. But I, I still see, obviously, and I'm out on site and I see a lot of level ones and they they want to go and spend thousands of pounds on these different courses and they haven't got guaranteed work. And I, I'd say, don't don't spend your money, get a bit of experience, you know, just turn up, get a foot in the door, be keen, you know, be enthusiastic and, uh, and you know, turn up on time. And you will get more hours, you'll get more experience, you'll get to meet more people, and then you can start looking at where you're going to spend your money, you know, what you're going to specialise in. I've, I've spent thousands over the years, mate, same as most, on tickets that I either hardly used or never used. And, you know, get get yourself a foot in the door and, and start meeting people and, and start looking at what's necessary. That was, that's That'd be my... Probably main bit of advice. Other than that, it would be risk assessment. <laughs> Just be aware, you know, be aware of your surroundings. It's, um, you know, spatial awareness for, for guys on the ropes. is It's just a case of looking at what the, what's the worst thing that can happen in the position that I'm in now and, and how can I stop that from happening? Just, just, just having good awareness because over the years, it's something you build up in there. It's something you get with experience and time. But as a level one, if someone had said to me, look at what you're doing, but also look at how that is going to affect the things and the people around you. If you have a little swing, if you cut that, if you do that, you know, look at what's going on. You know, it's quite a, um, yeah, be, be, be spatially aware, be, um, be mindful of your surroundings. Rope access is a sort of 360 degrees. You've got to be aware of what's up, what's down, what's left, what's right. It's not just that thing that's in front of you. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Um, one thing you just touched on there briefly, which I really liked, was uh, turn up on time. Um, it's one of my oh, God, yeah. hates. Nothing, nothing worse. You're the supervisor. You're standing there. Uh, outside the building or at the construction site, wherever you are, and your offsider turns up ten minutes late, but they always seem to have a coffee in their hand. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. that's one of my uh, major pet hates. So if you're going to do that, this is my advice to any brand new level ones. If you're going to turn up ten minutes late with a coffee, make sure you got one for the boss as well. That, <laughs> yeah, uh, that turn, sort of turn up with chills them out a bit. Yeah, definitely. It's it's one of them, and you're thinking back to the times that you know guys would be sleeping in the vans on the jobs, and uh, you know I, I used to sleep. If I, I'd, I'd rather get there two two hours early and sleep in the car than uh, you know than, than turn up ten minutes late and have to apologise. Yep, definitely hear you on that one. Definitely hear you on that one. Well, that's uh, that's awesome, Mark. Uh, really appreciate you giving me the time. I know there's. Uh, I know you're in lockdown, but obviously there's uh, family commitments and all of that stuff. So I really appreciate you. Uh, no problem, mate. Good and, to uh, talk to you, bud. Yeah, it's always nice. So uh, we're going to sign it off there. But, but yeah, uh, thanks a lot for that. No problem. Thanks, buddy. Well, thanks, Mark. That was uh, awesome catching up and finding out all the different places that you've managed to work through your career. I'm sure we could have gone on for another half an hour to an hour with all your stories. Um, I think I felt that you had to um, make it a little bit PC for some of them. I feel there was a few stories that you wanted to tell that maybe weren't appropriate for this um, this podcast. 
but I'm sure if anybody catches up with you at a Arata event, um, you'll quite happily fill in all the details on that uh, over a beer as long as they're paying. So for you guys out there, um, if this is the kind of thing that you're interested in, let me know. Follow us on Facebook, Rope Access Tips, Tricks and Chats. Send us a message. Let us know if you're interested, um, the geo side of it, if you're interested in that kind of stuff. I've definitely got a lot of uh, friends who are working in that environment. We could put a couple of episodes together um, on that side. Or if you know anyone else who you think um, would be worth getting on here, sharing a few stories, uh, having a chat, telling us what it's all about, that'd be amazing. Anyway, for now, stay safe. See you soon. Cheers. Cheers.